All right, folks, welcome back to episode 20 of the Hockey House podcast presented by Selly Hockey Co. I'm Murph, joined virtually in my dorm by Glick and Fitz. Boys, how are we doing tonight? We'll shoot it over to Fitz to start. Murph, I'm hoping one day we can say we're not joining virtually. I know we got it. We're going to find out, find a way somehow, maybe over the summer, we'll coordinate <laughs> something. I'll be living, I'll be living in, in Q's for the summer at our hockey house. So maybe you boys will have to road trip up oh, and uh, be fun. we can figure yeah. something out. That'd be a, a good content piece. We can just invite, invite different guys from the ACHA for the week. And we can do like, you know, like chicklets loads up on interviews. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like go to Boston for the weekend and get like a bunch of guys. Maybe we'll do that. That could be fun. Yeah. That'd yeah. Be sick. yeah, that'd be awesome. I'm just chilling. I'm watching the Hawks game and uh, ready to talk some puck with the boys. How you doing, Glick? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. It's a beautiful day in Philly today. Um, I don't know how the weather is out, but you guys, the spring's definitely sprung. It was nice 60, cool breeze. It was beautiful. It's crazy how yeah. the 60 degrees feels like super hot going from like the, the 10s and 20s to 60. Yeah, it was. I, I was just out in shorts and a t-shirt. Like, wow, it's so hot outside. We always joke when the when when it's sixty degrees in the fall. That's like the first day that you can get away with wearing your parka around campus and like not get chirped. We, I, my, we usually say over fifty, you can't wear the parka because it's just it's so warm. But like, yeah, today it was like high forties in Cuse, and I was like, I can't, I can't put that on. We joke, and it's never sunny in Syracuse, so instead of snow days, we should just have sun days, where when the sun comes out, we can uh, have the day off from school. It's really tempting not to – it's very tempting not to go out and, and you know, not not necessarily darty on a Tuesday, but go out and have a good time. Got in a good walk around campus, though, in the – got some fresh air today, so that was nice. The boys at Cuse got to get the vitamin D. Might just sit in my room and make ACHA brackets all day. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone um, listening, you need to give Murph just some form of a thank you because he's gone to the well for this jersey tournament. Oh yeah. Well, I think I've decided um, tomorrow when the Cuse when Cuse is in the bracket, I think I'm going to put a picture of myself. Of course, definitely definitely um, deserves it. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm usually against as, as a graphic designer, I try not to use myself in it, but uh, I'm going to pump my own tires tomorrow. Um, I definitely deserve it. Yep, for sure. Thanks boys. I appreciate it. No, it's, it's been a huge success because obviously when you do something like this are going into Jersey madness, like our most popular posts on social media were the ones where we tagged as many teams as we could. Like we did those skates over Christmas break. And like, that was huge for us and got us a lot of followers. So something like this that gets every team involved, it's going to be huge. And at the end of the day, someone gets to be the, the Jersey madness champion. And I don't know, do you guys have any, any sleeper picks for the tournament outside the teams that you guys picked yourselves? I almost got killed for not picking NC state as a, an auto bid. They're coming at me on Twitter, but yeah, I got two sleeper picks. One of them is actually in our conference, Xavier Musketeers. I think their their white jersey with it's legit got a musketeer on the front like it's sick. <laughs> I, that's interesting that you're, you're picking Xavier because my sleeper pick is playing Xavier right now. Oh. Mine is, is an in conference team for me. The URI like powder light blues. Yeah, uh, it's nice. a clean clean look. Kind of a tough look for the boys though. I, I was trying to find a picture of them online and I couldn't find any pictures. So I had to go to the Syracuse photo gallery 
and like crop a picture. Crop <laughs> you out, cropped out crop, a Syracuse guy. I cropped out a Syracuse guy to make it look like a URI picture. They've got gorgeous jerseys and, and no pictures to show for it. Oh, URI's wrecking them right now. It's 74% to 26 on Instagram. On Instagram, though, but Twitter, it's the other way around. No way. Yeah. So um, that'll get interesting. How how I've decided the tiebreaker is going to work is it'll go by. Um, yeah. So the tiebreaker will be, we'll just count all the votes. So like Instagram goes by percentage and so does Twitter, but then there's a way that you can see like the actual number of votes. Okay. Yeah. Obviously more people are voting on Instagram just because we have more followers there. But I think for the most part, the team that's been winning on Instagram has also been winning on Twitter. Um mm-hmm. That's what the polls are saying right now. We're checking the polls. <laughs> Nobody um, gets any electoral votes here. No, yeah, no. Uh, don't stop the vote. Keep it, keep it coming. Uh, who's your other sleeper pick, Fitz? Other sleeper, the Villanova light blue jerseys. Yeah, those are nice. Those are nice. Oh yeah. Very. I, I don't know I, if they're I gonna like bring the, look. I, yeah, I don't know if they're gonna bring the following behind it though. You know. It's again that, and that's what it comes down to with some of these teams. Yeah. Some of these teams, um, BYU, for instance, they've got above average jerseys. I don't think they're, I don't know if they're great. I don't know if they have enough to win the whole thing. But last time they did a jersey madness, they took it home because their Twitter followers are just insane. Yeah. Um, so it'll be curious. I think we've got enough of the, the ACHA population in here where we're going to get a true winner at the end of this. I don't know if it'll mm-hmm. come down to a fan base. Definitely interesting to see because I like again Air Force. I don't know if you guys saw those jerseys today. That Solid was the jersey, my sleeper. Solid jersey, but I couldn't find them on social media. You know how are they going to get yeah. their fans? The the how are the fans going to know about it? It's try my best. You know Louisville was another one. They've got a clean set. Um, their Twitter account is suspended right now. So I <laughs> I went to tag them in, a, in the tweet and it was like this Twitter account is currently under suspension. Definitely gonna hurt so, the polls. What? <laughs> That's gonna set yeah. him back. Click. What about you? Who do you have for sleeper picks? Um, you actually mentioned earlier, but the Air Force. I mean, I know obviously they probably won't have that social media following, but like I'm sure the the rest of the teams will see them. And be like, damn, those are so I can give them a vote. Yeah, I I agree. They they were uh, kind of giving it to Missouri State as last time I had checked. My sleeper pick. I don't know if they're a sleeper pick because they got a a first round buy, but um. Pitt's yellow jerseys, the yellow jerseys with the blue helmets and blue shells. It's it's a classic look. They like did the, a uh, yeah, the pitt and like cursive yep, kind of. Yep. When oh, and when, when Pitt switched from like the navy blue and gold to the royal blue and yellow look a couple of years ago, it was oh, perfect. Like such a better color combination. We did have some jersey news today. We originally Ohio was in the bracket with their new white alternate jerseys with the bobcat on the front. Uh, last minute entry into the tournament today they debuted or they released jerseys that they are going to wear friday night um they're going with the tuxedo look staying classy what'd you guys think of those love it that's it just i love it (laughs) seeing as they're matching up against uh indiana d2 crimson jerseys um i don't know i'm not a fan (laughs) Well, I was worried because I was like, obviously I was like, oh, Ohio's here. Like I'll just substitute their jerseys. And then I'm like going to make the graphic for it. And I'm like, oh, I might've just sewered fits here. <laughs> he, uh, I don't know. I feel like I, I might've sewered him there with that pick. 
I'm trying to figure out who Ohio is playing this weekend where they wear the jerseys. I thought it was Liberty, but now looking at Liberty's schedule. I, I think they're the t- tuxedo jersey is like sick and cool, but it's kind of like a like a one time like, oh, yeah. Yeah, and they, it, they've done it in the past, too. Last year they wore uh, they had Hawaiian shirt night and those jerseys are pretty That's cool. Sick. They also did a whiteout yeah. night where they wore white shells. So they're going to play Lindenwood this weekend. And Lindenwood is the number one team in the country. As it stands right now, Ohio is the number eight team in the country. They've played 13 games and they've only won once. Listen to this gong show of a schedule they have. The three teams that they've played before tonight, they played Robert Morris tonight and they lost six to two. Going into tonight, they had played the number, they had lost two games to the number one team in the country, Lindenwood. They had gone one and three against Adrian. And then they've been 0-4 against Liberty this season. Those are the only teams they've played this season. So tough schedule for the Bobcats. I hope the the tuxedo jerseys pay off and they get a victory on Friday night because they need one. Bowling Green was getting mad at you for not putting them in the the jersey tourney. I was waiting for somebody to chirp me. Like, once again, (laughs) you you guys talked about how much time and effort I've put into this. But I was like, if somebody chirps me that their team didn't make it, first off, there's 96 teams in this tournament. If your team didn't end up in the tournament, it's probably because you didn't reach out. With the exception of the guys in Millersville, who I sewered, they sent me DMs and I had a picture lined up and everything and just forgot about it. So I'll I'll own the Millersville one. Sorry, boys. Um, Everyone else, like your jerseys, A, just aren't cool enough, or B, nobody reached out, nobody, you know, I made it pretty easy on social media. All you just had to do was comment and you could probably end up in the tournament. Heck we had Buffalo state in the tournament. They got killed today, but yeah, Bowling green. Uh, they sent me their picture. They tweeted like you, you missed, you left this one out or something. And their jerseys look exactly like the NCAA teams practice jerseys. And I let them know that. Uh, I saw um, that. Oh. It was hilarious. <laughs> so um <laughs> Yeah, that was all, you know, I, I was waiting. I just wanted one team to chirp me and I was going to, and they, they made it a little too easy there. Well, and then it was, I was talking like, you know, like obviously NCAA basketball has the NIT tournament. Yeah. Um, so we could have the, the Jersey Madness not invited tournament and all the teams that didn't get invited. And, but yeah, no, uh, I'm excited to see how this, this ends up um, in, in other ACHA news. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, we posted the clip. Uh, NC state does a great job. The NC state media team does a great job of like doing these behind the scenes, kind of like HBO 24 seven videos. I don't know if you guys have gotten to watch them at all. Uh, Those were nasty. Yeah. They're, they're pretty cool to watch, especially as, as an ACHA player. Cause yeah. Zach from NC state does a great job with their media team getting, you know, awesome pictures and videos of the guys. They go down to Florida Gulf coast and they get a split and basically like this, they get, beat badly the first night and then the next night they go to the beach in fort myers and their bus breaks down and they have to walk to the beach and like they're all shirtless and then you see them in the locker room later that night and they all have sunburns and they are able to pull out a 2-1 win over florida gulf coast i I was i got a kick out of watching that those two teams played each other last weekend and uh florida gulf coast got the sweep so that's that's kind of a, a a solid little rivalry at the top of of d2 Obviously, there's you, Mary, who's still the number one seat, number one ranked team who's going to host nationals. They play like 
50% D1 teams because they're near Minot and Jamestown. Um, so they're rolling. That's that's kind of the only uh, only big news out of D2, obviously. Um, we don't have powerhouses like Indiana playing this year. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, not, not much news. The boys at Bloomington always getting it done. Always getting snubbed, actually. <laughs> hey, we gave you guys two 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 picks and the two That's chances true. to win in the jersey bracket here with Indiana D two and Indiana D three. D three jerseys were just too good to leave off the table. That's the best part is if D three wins, the D two team's gonna hate it. So it's like, mm. it's it's really. We're, we're, we're riding solo. I think if you guys, I think you guys are on opposite sides of the bracket, so we could get a, an all Indiana <laughs> final. Um, obviously, the odds of that are like 0. 0.0001, but um, I'll run the numbers. <laughs> Our guest today is a good good friend of the program. He's supported us kind of since the the day one here. Um, Joshua Strong. He's the he was the former team photographer for Minot State. Um, he gives us some great insight on what it's like working for an ACHA team. He talks about his experience with the NCAA teams at Minot and re- not really getting the exposure he was looking for. And so he hopped on with the ACHA men's and women's teams and kind of his career kind of took off and exploded after that. He was able to, obviously, when you work for an ACHA team, there's more liberties you can take. You can get a little closer with the players and um, he's produced some great content and, uh, he was leaving Minot, so on his way out, he's obviously onto a new adventure now. But um, wanted to make sure we got an interview with him because he's been a, a longtime supporter of the show. So I caught up with him earlier in the week um, at an odd time. So Fitz and Glick, you guys weren't there, but he gave some great insight on what it's like um, being a photographer in the ACHA and uh, had a last minute. S- last minute schedule change this week. So we're going to throw that episode in now. We'll cut to the interview with Joshua Strong coming up next. Ladies and gentlemen, this week, we're pleased to welcome uh, the former Minot State team photographer. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Joshua Strong. Hey, how's it going? Hey, Josh, glad to have you on. You're going to be our our, our guinea pig here. You're going to be the first non-player we've ever had on the podcast. How does that sound to you? It's an honor. It's, it's awesome. I'm glad that uh, this could maybe start like other creatives, other people involved in, in the hockey industry, some spotlight, because um, I definitely would look forward to hearing about other people's experiences other than my own um, in this, in the ACHA. Yeah. So the, the, how I found out um, about what you were doing with Minot is obviously we started this hockey house and the hockey house content and we're searching to find more about teams and obviously Minot still the defending national champion at this point. Um, and then you're just like looking at these amazing pictures coming out of Minot state. And, and we always joke on the podcast that, that you should fill out your roster for a hockey team. And then the next person you should hire is a photographer because the way you promote the best way to pro- promote your program is having pick players post pictures in high quality. And then people want to go play there. So I'm glad that we can get a photographer on and get a different kind of perspective of, of college hockey. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. I'm glad that there, there is definitely a value in, in what I do. Cause that's definitely, I think um, something other creatives and stuff want to hear is that, you know, their work is valued and being a valued member of the team is super important. And that's a huge thing that 
Minot State hockey was about was making me feel like almost like a player sometimes, like um, just like part of the team, part of the squad, part of the, the chemistry. It all kind of clicked really well. And in getting into that, how did you find yourself um, in your role at Minot State? Um, well, so I originally came up to Minot in the Air Force. Um, there's an Air Force base up here. And I served four years in the Air Force, all of them in Minot, no matter how hard I tried to get away. But um, all played out for the best because I uh, got out of the Air Force and started pursuing my other passions for um, just creative media stuff. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do in sports. I just knew I wanted to do something. Um, I originally started as a broadcasting um, major with a journalism uh, concentration. Um, and I was like, maybe I'll just talk or write about sports. But uh, I ended up helping out the campus newspaper and taking sports photos at a softball game. And the minute I got the camera in my hands and started shooting, because before that I had shot like landscapes when I was on trips and I love hiking and I would just, you know, auto mode just at the top of the peak, just like, okay, whatever, it's a photo. Um, if I forgot the camera, no big deal. Um, but now you'll never catch me without a camera almost um, because as soon as I was on that field shooting the pics, kind of experimenting with the camera settings, I was like, this, this is it. I, I just knew like there was no doubt in my mind. I was like, this is, this is something right here. And as I kept doing it, I was like, yeah. Um, and luckily enough, I finished up that semester that was in the spring. And then the following fall, I was like kind of, you know, pedal to the metal with my photography stuff. I was taking photography classes. I was learning a lot on YouTube. I, I did a summer internship at a state park. So I did a lot of like outdoors stuff. I kind of got out of the sports scene for a little bit. And then come October, I was kind of asking around for like other opportunities. I was like, give me more. Like I, I want to take my camera more places. Um, shooting photos for the newspaper was great, but it didn't really give me a lot of access because um, I still was like, like within the athletics department, it was kind of like they obviously got dibs to like do what they wanted. And I was kind of off to the side. But then I heard that like we had a club hockey team that was like separate from athletics. And I was like, oh, OK. And so the lady in charge of our like student activities area knew that I was looking for photo opportunities and was like, hey, like I can get you in contact with um, the marketing director over for the or the advisor technically for the club hockey team. And I was like, no way. I was like, yeah, sure, let's do it. And I was like, there's no way. Like I only had just kind of started um, with photography. Like I was decent. Um, and I was like, there's no way. Like they probably have their own like photo creative squad, but kind of turned out that they just kind of were in and out with like volunteers here and there maybe, or a few people that would do stuff. And so they were like, yeah, totally down to talk. Um, and so we met and kind of did a contract and, and all that. And, you know, before I knew it, I was at my first hockey game. And this is only the like second time I had even watched hockey because um, I'm from Arizona originally, um, home of the good old Coyotes. So hockey, like just where I grew up, just wasn't big and just never really got into it. Maybe went to a Coyotes game when I was little and then um, another game uh, up in Canada. Yeah, so I'm at a game, I barely know the sport, I'm like, this is going to be a challenge and it's going to be awesome. 
Um, I didn't know the guys either. So I was also, I'm like, I'm like super shy with people too. So yeah, I just ended up at my first game, started taking picks and I was like, okay, this is different. But I mean, even that first game, I look back at some of them and then some of them are not bad, but some of them are definitely not my greatest. And then now looking at what I did, you know, just having my last game, it's just crazy to see the contrast, but yeah, that's how it all started was I was just looking for opportunities and luckily this one landed in, in my lap and it's honestly like not to discredit any of the other teams I've worked for up here, but Minot State Hockey has definitely been the closest to my heart because like they have just been so just welcoming, like part of the team. I've traveled with them too here and there and it's just, there's not been anything like it so far in my career as far as teams I've worked with um, with those guys. It's funny that you bring that up about working for the athletic department and them kind of saying, and you looking for other opportunities. And they said, well, we do have like we have this non-varsity hockey team, club hockey, if you want to call it, ACHA, whatever, whatever floats your boat. But the the separate team, they're not under the athletics. And then I feel like that's such a, especially for creatives, if you're just going to college, it's such a springboard opportunity because you pretty much have no boss, right? You're, you're working for yourself and, um, you the opportunities are endless working for um non-varsity sports programs because you can do whatever you want and um you're almost more appreciated because you're doing such a good job compared to what they had in the past yeah absolutely and i i appreciated the fact that i was able to be like their guy like it was like just me for photo um of course, we had other people kind of doing graphics until this last year where I started stepping more into the graphic design role. But like when it was with athletics, like I was the newspaper guy, you know, kind of off to the side. And then I did end up getting an internship over there, but I was still like under someone's here. Exactly right. Like for my not say hockey, I was their guy, their sole photographer. So as much as like, I'm not trying to be like, oh, I need to be the only one but it just there's definitely a different feel when you're given like that sort of like responsibility but also that creative freedom just to kind of you know work with the team so exactly and so once you once you started uh you know working for the hockey team and, and taking pictures what was your kind of what was your welcome to the ACHA moment what's your first memory of, of being with the team um that first game like I said it was kind of like awkward because like I feel like and I'm sure other creators or photographers can relate to this. Like when you don't know anyone on the team, they all kind of just like blend together. You're like, I don't know. I just know their numbers at this point or, um, and I see their names, but it's not clicking yet. So I was kind of like shying away from the tunnel and stuff. Cause I'm like, I don't know these guys. And sometimes it's tough. Like, cause I, I wasn't totally confident in my abilities yet either. Now I kind of will shove my camera wherever it needs to go. Um, and I'm just like, people will, if they don't like it, they'll say something. Um, but when I wasn't very confident, I was like, Oh, I don't know if I can be in the tunnel. Can I be in the locker room? And I'm just like, you know, but, um, once I got comfortable, it's kind of like that second game I came and I knew I was going to try and get like pregame stuff. Um, and I had no idea what these guys did for like preparation. Um, and then all of a sudden all the guys are screaming and yelling, coming out of the locker room. One's got a giant speaker over his shoulder and I'm like, Oh boy, here we go. Um, and I was in, like I said, I was in the military. So like, I've seen some like rituals and stuff that, you know, can't be repeated here, but you know, they come out, they're blasting this like rave techno stuff. And I was like, okay, okay. And I'm taking pictures and stuff. And they're 
doing like leg kicks and jumping around and jumping jacks and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, okay. And then uh, they're still doing stuff. And this, this is like this like weird, like just like dance moves and like jumps and everything was so coordinated. And I was just like, this is intense. And then I don't know if any of the guys are superstitious. So I'm not going to like repeat exactly like what they did and stuff, but there was definitely a part at the end that involved like a shirt coming off. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's not going to be photographed. But I was like, yeah, this is, this is hockey, I guess. So yeah, that's where I was like, yeah, this is, this is where, where it happens, I guess. But um, yeah, it wasn't anything like intense enough to put me off or anything. Cause I've seen, you know, much worse, but yeah, it was, it was definitely a uh, eye opening, like this is hockey experience for me. <laughs> The, those uh those pregame rituals are, are very sometimes odd but also entertaining we talked to um a couple guys from adrian and obviously adrian is is kind of the, the powerhouse right now in the acha and they explained their pregame intro and you would have never expected the number one team in the nation to do something like that before the game and it's it's just like it's what it works it's what what gets the guys loose and it works for them so um but that, that that's funny you obviously being new and just being like what what is going on here? Yeah, I, I knew like superstitions existed in sports, but it's just so interesting that it is always like the exact same with these guys, like all the way to like when they're in the tunnel before the game. It's like sometimes I could like forget what day it is when I'm standing in the tunnel with them because it's like it's always the same. Every tap, every fist bump, every um, for most of them, at least, it's always the same. And it's just so interesting to see how that plays out um, behind the scenes because I know a lot of people don't don't get to see that yeah. every, every game, at least. And now, um, how many seasons did you work for the men's hockey team? It would have been uh, two if I had finished this season. Um, so so this is your second? Team. Yeah. Gotcha. Tell us a little bit about um, what, what are some of your favorite things to photograph during a hockey game now that you, you – you've been around the game for a while. What are things as a photographer that you kind of look for during a game to, to photograph? Um, I really like um, pregame stuff. Cause like action is, is awesome. It's great. Like when you get that action shot that like, it's just prime. Um, but pregame stuff, one thing that I think stands out about my photography that maybe people don't always get to see because it's kind of hard to like showcase it on social media because you're kind of limited to how many photos you get to see but if for anyone that has ever gone through my galleries like on my website you'll see that I kind of try to like tell a story of a game um, and that's with almost anything I shoot like um, I just don't focus on obviously the Kodak moments where it's like oh the puck going in or that stuff and that's great but I like getting there early, getting the guys, you know, stretching, taping their sticks, sharpening their skates. Like um, some of my best photos, I think, are not even the action shots. Like I got a really good shot a couple weeks ago um, of Landon sharpening his, his skate and the sparks are just kind of coming towards my camera. And I put that, the sparks in between two sticks and it's just a phenomenal photo. I'm like, this is like, I like five-starred it on my Adobe Lightroom. I was like, this is going on my website here soon, but it's not even like an action shot. Um, just because I, I really like storytelling 
with my photos and it's hard to like i said showcase that because i i have been doing that because i do like that swipe collage thing on instagram where you kind of get to swipe through the game um but yeah i i think my favorite part coincidentally is pre-game stuff but it's always it definitely is always nice when you get that like a one shot because shooting hockey is tough especially by yourself because you know you're trying to like the puck is always moving so fast and i'm sure in the pro level like you're probably like responsible for like a section of the ice or a few players or something but when you're by yourself you're following the puck the whole time and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't and then there's been a few um where the shot has worked um especially if you can get the player shooting the puck, the goalie, and the net all in one shot. It's really hard to do. I've only done it maybe twice. Um, but the, those are like my favorite too, is just to get those like really clean, like puck going in. Cause it's great to get the celly afterwards, but I mean, how many celly photos have you seen um, versus getting that goal? Uh, and I, I guess I, I, I did want to ask about this eventually, but I'll ask now. You, do you just kind of roam the rink wherever you go? I guess Minot's probably one of the better rinks to shoot at because you got the, the you can pretty much get to whatever elevation you want the netting doesn't wrap all the way around what's it like uh a shooting in, in minot it's phenomenal uh i think the only thing we we're missing is is having a catwalk i see photos from like i forget his name like michael something toronto maple leafs photographer he's got some phenomenal aerial shots from the catwalks um same with the san jose sharks guy too um if i've I seen some a- from some bc hockey ones too they do they have a catwalk yeah i forget their guy's name i follow all these guys and i have them bookmarked and all that stuff um oh my my twitter bookmarks are just like (laughs) you could you could publish a book with my twitter bookmarks of creatives yeah i wish you could uh you can this is a different conversation almost entirely but like you can segment them on instagram but you can't on twitter yet and i'm just like waiting for that moment because yeah just fluttered but uh yeah, um, the Mesa Arena is is great because um, on the the goal side that we only go towards in the second period has glass all around and there's no fans on that side. So at the bottom level, ice level, you have glass all around and you can shoot you know behind the net. There's no fans in your way, and then you can also go upstairs to this like sort of bridge where it has netting. But if you're shooting at a uh, low enough f-stop you can kind of blur out the net um and i i usually put my it's kind of dangerous in case a puck does come at me um it's only ever happened once but uh i put my like lens like up to the net up there so that i'm getting that netting out of there um those shots have been cool i've gotten some really cool ones of goalies making saves there because it's almost aerial i try to make it look but that's because i'm like kind of leaning a little in the danger danger zone side of things um yeah and it's only happened once and it's right by the student section too and a puck came like right at me and luckily i just like flinched back and the student section was like oh but uh yeah and then there's also like kind of like these like uh, they're for like where wheelchairs could like be pulled up and like see over like the fans and so i stand there if there's not anyone um, who's occupying those spaces and those are good to kind of get over the glass Um, And then there's also a really good spot in between the benches, which is sometimes my favorite, especially in the third period, um, because I just get to hear all the chirping. Um, So 
yeah, that's, it's an entertaining spot for me. Um, usually I'll, I only get like good selly shots there. Cause if they're going towards the net or the goal, um, I'm only getting their backside, but it's entertaining um, at the least a, because you're dodging sticks and B because you get to hear the chirping. So. And um, speaking of entertainment in the third period, you got, you had a front row seat to that fight that broke out the other night at, at Mesa yeah. between Minot and Jamestown. What was that like? And where were you when it broke out? Um, I think I was in that spot. So I had basically kind of heard majority of what was going on. Um, between the guys I mean it's always like when Minot plays Jamestown it's it's that's just what it is they and we play them so often it's it's just like there's it's the recipe for for that rivalry is how often we play them and how close we are um, in proximity too so and then of course the fans they show up for it too um, now that we had kind of like less restriction or like oh we op they opened up the the capacity a little bit um, so not only was it getting riled up on the ice, but the, the student section was getting riled up and, and yeah, so I'd kind of heard like what was being said between the guys. And I was like, yeah, I think someone's, someone's fighting tonight. And then next thing you know, third period, I think, or no, I wasn't in the middle. I had actually made my way to the other side of the bench. Um, I think you can see me in the video, but yeah, as soon as they started going at it, I just like stepped down you know just held my shutter button down the whole time basically and yeah that was that was fun it had been a actually that'd been my first time i'd seen helmets and gloves come off um because when we played you marry our other rival there had been a fight last year but it kind of got broken up like right away so besides like on tv for nhl i hadn't really seen a scrap like that so that was interesting to say the least and they definitely don't even have like even in the nhl the rule is the, the fight gets broken up if you both voluntarily take off your helmets. So that's like a rare sight in hockey now. And uh, I'm glad you were there, there to see it. Cause obviously the pictures are great from it. Yeah. Any, any other crazy instances like that, where you're just like lucky that you're behind the camera and capturing the moment. I think one of the other photos that I really enjoyed, I think we were playing Colorado last year. Um, I got a really good, shot of a backhand goal and i've got Swedlow. he's like skating to the goalie's right and the goal is already like stretched out and he's just you can see his stick like finishing the backhand and you can see the puck just going over the goalie and that was just pure luck because sometimes on those breakaways i'm just like oh crap here we go and i'm just spraying and praying um hopefully i get something especially it's it's sometimes tough depending on your camera, like what body you're using and like how well it focuses through the glass. Um, Cause I, I can't tell you how many out of focus shots I have that I wish I could keep or that were in focus, but that one was just pure luck. And um, I want to say it's on my website under the minus a hockey tab, but yeah, that was one of my favorites. Um, that was just pure luck. Honestly, like, yeah, any, anything that's, that's goal or shot oriented is, is honest. I attribute it. I guess it is skill. Cause I've learned over the past few seasons, like what to look for and how to position myself. Um, but some of it is just like, I just was lucky enough to get it. Who are some of the more photogenic guys on the Minot state team? Um, Kent Walchuk. He also agreed to, I said, I was going to, um, 
travel with the boys down to Bismarck to play you Mary. And I was telling Kent Walchuk about it. And I was like, I know you guys usually wear like sweats and stuff, but would you guys want to like just dress out a little bit? Cause I'm going to get off the bus early and kind of shoot you guys as you're going into the stadium. And he's like, Oh yeah, let me, let me let the boys know. So he told everybody instead of them wearing like their usual comfy clothes, I mean, I'm thankful for it. And I'm sure they are too, cause they got the photos, but they kind of, you know, wore slacks and some nice shoes and stuff. And um, usually that's only at like the home games, but uh, yeah, I got off the bus early and I just was like walking backwards and just spraying them like paparazzi and some of them, a lot of them loved it, but and then you have some that are kind of like, you know, just a little shy. Um, and I feel like, through me being there all the time, a lot of the guys um, uh, have like grown into it. And then this year there was like a few um, first years. I think Braden Pollock is definitely photogenic, loves being on the camera. Um, Landon Cochran too sometimes, though sometimes he's a little shy. But yeah, I don't want to call all of them out, but yeah, they, you, you have the guys that, that look away and then you have the guys that are like looking for the camera a little bit. So, yeah. Now, you obviously talked about getting really close with some of these guys over the almost two years you're with the team. You want to talk about that dynamic of how you you walked in and you almost didn't know hockey. You rarely shot hockey before, and now you're leaving and you're almost part of the team. What, what was that dynamic like being at Minot? Incredible. Like, I've made some friends with those guys that I think will last um, lifetimes. I mean – Um, even in the short amount of time, uh, just like the seniors, we, that graduated last year, like I'm still in contact with them. Um, one or two of them is like, are they like working in sports, like marketing? So I'm hoping like our paths will cross again in hockey because, you know, as big of a sort of world it is, um, it could be a small world in the hockey industry. So I'm hoping that one day I definitely think I'm a skilled baseball photographer, but I think baseball and hockey are definitely my top two if you had to rank them just because they're what I've been shooting the most of. So, I mean, ideally, when I whenever I do hopefully make it to the pro stage, it is baseball or hockey. And then if it is hockey, hopefully I'm seeing these guys again someday in any capacity, whether it's playing, working, coaching, you name it. But yeah, it's... it's and in my last day uh this last weekend it was it was kind of tough like i'm not usually an emotional or like you know i am sentimental about some things but like i was like not expecting to get too you know into it that game i mean i was like i got to the arena early and i was kind of looking around like this is kind of probably my last time in this arena and like just thinking about all the memories and just how it, I've, how much I've grown in that building and my, not only my skills, but just as a professional. Um, and so I was just kind of taking it all in. And then uh, when they brought me, I usually go in the locker room after a win, no matter what, to kind of just like shoot them. They do like an exchange with like these uh, things for like different, I don't know how, what you would call it, but like, someone did something good in the game and they like pass it, you know, like a lot of hockey. The player of the game type yeah, stuff. Yeah, that stuff. So I shoot them doing that. Um, usually after a win, kind of awkward atmosphere, if it is ever a loss, not usually the case. But uh, yeah, so I went in there after like a bunch of them asked me like, hey, are you coming in the locker room? Coming in the locker room? I'm like, yeah, I usually always do. I'm always like getting a little like annoyed, you know, like why are they? But then by the time the fourth player asked me, I was like, something's up. Um, and so 
uh, I went into the, the locker room and coach came in, gave his little speech and he's like, and it's also Josh's, you know, last day we have something for him. And the captain, uh, Blake, Blake Fournier says, yeah. And he reaches behind him and pulls out this sweater signed by everybody. And that's when it hit me like, wow, like not only is this an incredible group of dudes, but like, that's when I was like, I'm really going to miss, miss it here because it's, that's the difference. Um, you know, and it makes all, yeah, it makes all the difference. It's just like, they are an incredible group of guys. And I'll be honest, like when, before I got into like the hockey scene and like shooting it and seeing behind the scenes, like if I had to make like a stereotype or a judgment on like, you know, hockey's like a tough sport. You guys are hitting each other, you know, skating around the ice. I thought it was just maybe a bunch of like, not like jerks, but like, you know, probably like, I was like, they're probably just like tough guys, but like, honestly, nicest group of, of dudes I've ever been around most supportive. Like they, they hype me up to the nines. They have always been there always, you know, just super supportive and like definitely the opposite of whatever expected or thought. And so thankful for them. And the dynamics been wonderful. I've, I made some friends. I'll definitely be watching the games. Um, cheering them on especially nationals even though i won't be there so yeah i've i've really have connected well with the team and it's been an amazing experience it, it was awesome to see obviously you had the the thank you minot videos that you posted but to see those and then the next day have you post the picture of you with the whole team together and then the signed jersey was really cool to see and i guess that kind of transitions into what we we're talking about next obviously you're leaving your posts at minot you don't really have to go into it, but I know you wanted to touch on it. I know a lot of a lot of creatives in the ACHA are not only creatives, but a lot of times these guys are players too. They're the same guys who are making the budget. They're making the graphics. I know I'm, I'm one of those guys who does it. There's a handful of guys that I already know, and I'm sure there's even more that I don't know. But a lot of times creatives can get over, overwhelmed with the work um, and find yourself getting stretched too thin. Do you want to just talk about what what it's like almost to kind of take a step back and check in on yourself, take a mental health note and uh, look back at what you've done? Yeah, definitely. Um, so here at Minot, like I've definitely been like a workaholic, like as give me as many opportunities as you can. I was really trying to forge my career and I kind of got stuck in that that mindset where it's like, I have to be a yes man. You know, I can't say no. Um, in fact, not only was I a yes man, I was also a go get another opportunity man. So um, this semester I was already in like 16 and a half credits, which is, you know, do the math. How many credit hours are you supposed to be working on stuff? Um, on top of, I had two part-time jobs. Luck, thankfully both were on campus and um, for the most part already doing like what I like. Um, one was marketing. And the other was I work in housing too. Um, and then I was also interning for athletics, um, which is still not covering hockey. And then my hockey falls under my freelance work because I'm contracted them through my LLC. And then on top of that, I was sort of taking some like high school gigs, like a basketball game here and there or a couple of graphics. Um, but all that adds up and it adds up fast. And Sometimes you can just get sucked into, you know, especially when you have those big goals and those ambitions, like I want to make it to the top. Like that's always been 
my ambition is like, I want to be NHL one day, or I want to be just top of the sports industry, you know, and got to get there, got to get that degree. Um, go, go, go. And that's how I was. Um, like I've always just kind of been like that way. Um, and I haven't yet really had like a wake up call yet. Cause I'm, um, especially in the military, there's only so many opportunities I could do. And, you know, someone's in charge to be able to tell you like, you know, you can't do that. But here I've just been like stretched. And then also I'm involved in like clubs on campus too. So like really just no time um, to myself for probably the past, I would say close to two years um, besides like the summers and obviously those breaks and stuff, but um, it, it just got really bad. And um, over the past like few weeks, I just, you know, really started feeling it, really started feeling that kind of like pressure and that mental side of things that just wasn't clicking right you know and it, it affects you in, in more ways than one not just physically mentally but you know it can start affecting other you know your eating habits your sleeping habits um and then that's where i think it really struck me too was when i noticed you know health other health aspects being affected because of lack of sleep um and because of lack of you know nutrients because you know sometimes i'm you know, snacking for lunch or breakfast or dinner because I got to get something else done. So I'm like, I don't have time for that. So I'll just snack on something while I'm working on this. And then, you know, and then I kind of just reached a point where I just kind of had that check where it was like, okay, this is not, not working and it's not sustainable. And I, I know a lot of people, I like question me, not questioned in a bad way, but been like, how do you do it? You know, how do you do all these opportunities? And I would be like, oh, I've got a schedule, I've got a routine and all this stuff. But I mean, if you looked at my Outlook calendar, it's like, it's jam packed. There's, there's no time for anything. My PlayStation's got like an inch of dust on it. Like, and it's just not sustainable. Like I don't recommend anyone else fall down that same path that, that I, I headed towards where like literally just like filling any open space with, with more opportunities because you got to take that time to yourself and that's one thing i didn't learn and of course you could always say like maybe i could have like taken steps back through my jobs or taken some classes back but at the end of the day i think i just had kind of dug a hole for myself here and that's kind of just what led to my decision also being offered a new opportunity um, that's coming up here next week that i'm leaving for um but it just it all the kind of puzzle pieces aligned, you know, I realized what was going wrong. And then I was given a kind of like solution at the same time. And it's just, it's fit so well that I think, you know, you're only going to get a lifeline like this only once, maybe twice in your life. And it just feels like something I need to, to take and take that hiatus, go get some experiences. And then I think I'm going to tackle my degree online moving out from here on out. Cause I definitely think I've, I've built a strong portfolio and I definitely think I've got skills to go do some stuff. Um, and then the degree will take care of itself or not self, but I'll take care of that degree, you know, as I go. So it's, it's tough. It's definitely not an easy decision to make, you know, I'm not going to lie and say, you know, drop everything and, and go get that thing. You know, I I'm in a very lucky and privileged place to say, I got this opp opportunity because it doesn't come around a lot. Um, but definitely, one thing I definitely want to stress is just that everyone, creatives or outside of it, just make sure you're 
checking up on yourself because it took me 26 years you know 26 years old I'm just now kind of learning that you know it's not always about the goals it's you got to get to the goals by being you know yourself and healthy so and I love everything you just said and I think you had said it I don't know if you had said it to me or if you in one of our text exchanges before this or if you'd said it um, in one of your posts but you know, everyone loves to be a mental health advocate. We're all mental health advocates until it almost comes down to ourselves. And we tend to ignore uh, the, the own, our own signs that we're showing and, and loading up our schedules and, and whatnot. And so I think um, what you're doing is great. I think, like you said, you've got this huge portfolio and you've got a new experience right in front of you. And I think you should be excited for it. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's exciting. It, it's, a little scary. Like, I'm not going to lie and be like, I, I'm definitely confident in my decision, but the, the magnitude of obviously the decision, like dropping, you know, all of what I'm doing here to go do something else is going to be scary. But I think the excitement definitely mixes in there and balances it out. But um, it's huge. It's, it's, it's not easy. Um, especially like leaving that, that the team leaving, my opportunities here it's it's not just like something else like yep this is happening um and it's definitely tough once you know like i said once i hit that last game and this the sweater comes out it's like that's when you're when it hits you but yeah josh once again thank you for coming on great to get a, a creative perspective on things um especially a creative like you who's been put in so many hours with with minot state and uh, you have the portfolio to certainly prove it. So once again, thank you for coming on and taking the time to talk to me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. And I just want to say roll beefs. Once again, thank you to Josh Strong for coming on the show. Uh, we wish him the best of luck in his next adventure, wherever that takes him. Hopefully uh, he ends up back in the hockey world, snapping some sick picks. But um, speaking of pictures, we've, we've kind of got a, an interesting question this week. Obviously, through the Hockey House account, I get to see a lot of different ACHA players on social media, whether they like it or not. I guess they, they probably appreciate the follow back, but I've seen some, some funny Instagram captions and I've seen some terrible Instagram captions. Um, so this week's post-game question is, what's the most basic Instagram caption in hockey history? Talking about your standard, like, boys are buzzing or business trip or yoffs and two yoffs and three. Like we always talk about hockey players not being original in post-game press conference and saying like pucks in deep shots on net four check back check. I think there's a lot to be said for our Instagram caption styles. So I actually, I like the one glick glick. I like your answer here. So why don't you start us off? Yeah. I mean, for that, question i just have to go with the classing um during the middle of the offseason post a uh, old caption or an old action shot and just caption it missing it like just to remind all your followers you play hockey i guess i don't know no, I've i have never done it but i but i've seen so many people do it i couldn't agree with you more there the 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 missing it and then like a carousel post with like three different pictures is uh it's definitely uh, you're looking for attention and uh, trying to remind people that you play college hockey. And, and like you said, it, it's always like a, like a carousel of three picks, but it's always from different games or from, from different events. You know, it's just like, oh, oh, these are the ones I didn't post during the season. Let me just throw them up there because I had nothing else to do. 
that off season temptation though, to do that, it, it's tempting. Not going to lie. Um, yeah. With obviously without playing this season, uh, it was like the one year anniversary of us getting eliminated from the playoffs last year. I was like, wow, I haven't posted a hockey picture in over a year. Like I might need to remind my followers that I do still play <laughs> hockey. And then I saw, I saw your, your answer here. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I don't, maybe, you know, <laughs> maybe we can hold off there. Um <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll find a way to remind them somehow. Fitz, what, what are you going with here for the, the most basic Instagram caption in hockey? Originally, I was thinking um, just the uh, OC going, why do you want to play college hockey? But that's just such a classic uh, line that, you know, I feel like it's, you can't overuse it. It's, it's never basic, but a lot of hockey players do use it. So I'm going with, I don't know if you've ever seen people put like wheels up or like people go like wheels up game day, or they just put game day. I don't know. I, I think that's like the, is, there's nothing really to it. It's just like the most commonly used one, I think. And I would throw in this category, um, better see you at the fill in arena name here tonight at eight. <laughs> yeah. I was just about to say, everyone loves a classic game day, 730 at the yeah. arena. Be yeah. There. <laughs> Just like a seat night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's another it's another classic ACHA Instagram caption. And a solid 95% of teams can use it too. <laughs> My coach loved to save a business trip when we like be getting off the bus to go play someone. We're, like, We're all business. This is a business trip. And it's like, okay. <laughs> if uh like I know some team photographers they get the shot. Um we actually we talked I talked about it with Josh. He was saying like how much the guys appreciate when the photographers stand outside the bus and get guys walking into the rink. Classic like picture of you in a suit going to a game, business trip. Oh, yeah. Especially if you have just a nice outfit that day. Like it's a great way to show off the fit and also show off that you play hockey. It's a two for one combo. There. The ladies love it. It's true. And so the, the caption that set me off on this rant, that was like, you know, what, we need to address this issue here. Um, I've seen this way too much and I think it's cause guys think it's original, but it's really not original. It's playing frozen water sports with my friends. And then like a group picture of them on the ice. I, I mean, you guys, you've definitely seen that, right? Oh, for sure. I'm, I'm yeah. right there with you. I'm so sick of it. Frozen water sports with oh, my yeah. friends. <laughs> it's a tough one. So I guess that's, that's, that's how we got here. All right, and as we, as we wrap up things here, just make sure you're following along on social media. We'll be posting more poll, jersey polls. Um, tentative schedule has us wrapping up the, the tournament on March 28th. That'll be the final day of voting, um, so stay tuned. Also, if you guys have pictures of jerseys that are in the, in the bracket and you guys want to, you know, want some better quality pictures or have some of your favorites, feel free to send them in the DMs. We did have a poll the other day. I was curious to see this. I've been meaning to ask this for a while, but um, hearing people's nicknames for the ACHA, did you guys see those polls? Yeah. Um, yeah crazy. I've, I've only ever heard ACHA, you know, spell it out, and then Acha, which is, you know, it's a two-syllable name. What did you guys think of some of the nicknames? I've heard the Cha only from a um, few guys that were like – I don't know. They're six or seven years older than me. Um, and they play like out in Delaware, but yeah, I hadn't heard about uh, the Cha until 
just happened to run into someone that knew it was called the cha <laughs> yeah i'm kind of like you murph i've only ever heard of asha or the acha i've never heard of the cha or the a show i think the a show that just isn't yeah. a good nickname yeah so it i think acha is like an east coast thing because it seems to be like most of the teams in the east coast especially in the northeast call it that the cha so our women's hockey team plays in the conference college hockey America, which is CHA. So like <laughs> they call it the cha. So we don't call it that here. So that, that I thought that was interesting. All right. Well that that's just about going to wrap up episode 20 of the hockey house as always. Um, thanks again for listening. And um We'll see you and we'll, we'll hear from you guys or you'll hear from us again in two weeks. Like we said, we're going to take, uh, do two weeks of episodes and then take a week off. So next week's bye week, get out to the polls and vote. <laughs> That's right. Get out to the polls. Let your voice be heard. Every vote counts. We've got yeah. huge issues nowadays, but it's time we settle it. Best Jersey and non NCAA college hockey the real issues that matter. Correct. So get out and vote and uh, we'll see you guys in two weeks. See you boys. boys.